Hello? Check. What's good? What up? This is, uh, this is, this is actually recording. This is. Oh, oh, so this is real. This is actually happening. Okay, this cool. This is happening. Yeah, this is your, uh, this is your first podcast. This is, so I'm a guest on What's the Science right now. I don't know if you're a guest or if, like, we're doing a joint venture. We're going to say you're a guest on What's the Science. Yeah. Yeah, I can work with that. I'm, I'm, I'm a special feature. This is a remix. What do you want? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm just at my apartment right now. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I finally got a day off. I'm relaxing like a motherfucker. It's really nice. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's you know, it's been a crazy year, man. You know, Valentine's Day coming up and shit. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Valentine's Day. What do you want? <laughs> I'm talking. Go talk to your mom. <laughs> oh, man. Is that? Yeah. This is Sebastian. Sebastian thinks he's the master of the universe. What's up? This, this, yeah. this is the next generation. This is who, who has yet to realize his destiny, as they say, at the beginning of every episode of Girl on the God. His, his destiny is to uh hello that's his destiny okay cool hold he on yeah messing. i just like popped outside real quick you keep messing with me yeah they the kid they do that man it's 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 hard out here for a pimp <laughs> kids no no more pimping your pimping days are over kids do make it much more difficult for a pimp than for a pimp without kids i'll tell you right now <laughs> i thought if you were single you had kids that was like your your way in you know you yeah, yeah, right? I mean, well, you know, it depends. Like, it depends on, like, how the kid reacts. You know what I mean? Like, kids can be very finicky. They could be a gateway or they could be, like, uh, you know, kind of an asshole. You know what I mean? Like, right. Okay. It's, my, it's, it's, a, it's a gamble. Turns it into, my, you know, adds the element of surprise sort of thing. My son's an asshole. Yeah? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can see him being kind of grumpy. I can see that happening. That makes sense. He's just bossy. He's he, he bossy too. Yeah. Yeah. My 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 daughter's super bossy, man. She's like obsessed with with justice. Like, what you if mean? she thinks like, if she thinks the parents are like, if she thinks I'm wrong, or if she thinks someone else is wrong, like she won't apologize. She refuses. She'll stand in a corner all day and just be like, I'm I'm not wrong. I'm not saying sorry. Like, this, <laughs> this person has to say sorry first, and then I'll say sorry. Like, cause oh. that's fair. Like, that's that's how she thinks. Nah, Sebastian don't care about justice. No, he's he's is he is he a mischievous one? He's is, not mis he's not mischievous. He's just uh, he he wants what he wants, but he's very empathetic. So, like, let's say you were around with your kid. If if you started to scold your kid, he would cry. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, fees, fees the same way, man. I had, I had the mo- worst toddler moment ever, cause like Aluna kept running away, and like I was like, we can't have this. You're gonna get like run over or snatched. Like this is bad. So I just threw her over my shoulder like a sack of potatoes, and she was crying, and she was like struggling to get down, and I was like, okay, this is not cool. Like you're up here. So I spanked her like twice, right in Barnes and Noble, and then Fee was there and started screaming, "Stop hitting my sister!" <laughs> <laughs> and Luna was screaming, and Fee was screaming, and like it was just like, it was like the whole store was like just like turned to look at me, like it was like the most like nightmare toddler moment I ever had. But like, yeah, it's just 
You that's can't punish the one without the other one like trying to stand up for him. Yeah. No. Nah, ain't never did nothing like that. How old? How old is the? Uh, how old Sebastian now? He's one. Oh, he's one. What your kid's like three and four, huh? Like, well, Fee's birthday's coming up. She's gonna be five, and yeah, Aluna's like, Aluna's two. She's like gonna be three in the summer. Oh, uh, so, I mean? so your kids can fully speak and articulate, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Aluna can't like talk super good. Like, she can't quite articulate the words fully, and it's really adorable. So like, I just yeah. let her. You know, she knows like her alphabet. She knows weird stuff, man. I don't know. It's hard to tell what she knows, and like. She's real low key and kind of like I'm not I'm not sure how to read her. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> see, I thought that was mysterious. just me. Like, like my my wife, she's like I guess they have a psychic link from him being in the room. Yeah, yeah. So all his gibberish, like she understands and yeah. I'm like, she's like, oh, he just said that, and you're like, what? what? I'm like, he didn't say anything, you know? Right. And she's like, yes, he did. He wants this, or the, he's asking about that. And sometimes he surprises me and he says stuff, you know, very clearly. So, like, you know, he'd be saying his ABCs, you know, he can. One day we got him, he counted to 10, all that jazz. So, yeah. Yeah, he's counted to 10 at one? Yeah. That's pretty beasty, man. He is See, pretty Fee, beasty. Fee was a really early talker and Aluna, like, talked much late, like later than Fee. So I was, like, worried for a while. Like, Aluna was low-key for much longer than Fee was. Like, Fee was talking at one. I don't know if she was counting to ten, but she was, like, she was definitely precocious, you know? Yeah, I had a I had a little cousin. He didn't really talk until he was three. And he baby, basically, he baby talked until he was three. And everybody was like, something's wrong with him, something's wrong with him. And then, you know, my cousin came to me. He was like, you think something's wrong with him? I'm like, ain't nothing wrong with him. Kids just develop at their own speed. But once he turned four, he was like a genius, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they hide out, man. Kids kids are smarter than you think. They just you know, they they you know. No, he 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 really smart. I didn't think about the downside of a smart kid. You think you got a smart kid? Like yeah, he's gonna be good with books and quiet and mousy and intelligent. Like no, he figures he figures out all the wrong things. <laughs> Yeah, they be they be street smart. They know exactly what they're not supposed to do, and they do it because they're like, exactly. like push push boundaries. That's what smart people do. They push boundaries. Like yeah, like now he can get into our phones and devices. He goes to YouTube, turns on rap videos. Oh man, oh no. He 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 knows where to find everything. Oh. Right now he's trying to. He knows this red X is to hang up, so he's trying to hang up on you. Right. Yeah. He he's bossy. He don't like us. He don't like us to talk to people on the phone. He, he wants the full attention, yeah. He's like a controlling, like, abusive boyfriend, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah who are you talking to? <laughs> He's like, let me see that phone. <laughs> <laughs> and what's this nigga name? Who, who's right. Mark? <laughs> That's my mom. Well, she's a guy, so, you know. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, anywho, yeah, man. So what, what else have you been up to other than, uh, other than dad stuff? What's, uh... What's been occupying the time, writing uh, uh, more stories, I, more comics? Uh, I just be drawing. I'll be trying to draw. I try to squeeze something in there. Other than that, and work is all dad stuff. It's just like, I don't know, like, because I help my mom raise my brothers and sisters and, and cousins, and I've been taking care of kids my whole life. I figure, like, man, I got this in the bag. It's going to be easy. And 
I didn't know how all encompassing dad stuff would be. It it is 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 a full full time it's a full time thing. You know what I mean? At least yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it takes a village, man. Like you know, I don't, you you guys got friends and stuff and babysitters, or you no, guys are just no, we don't. I can see that. Yeah, I can see you guys being very, no, very like ivory tower, like mountain top yeah, parents. That's exactly. Like no one can babysit our child. Yeah, he's yeah, too, yeah, yeah. He's I get that. Special. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 yeah, see, I, I got a couple of ladies that I'm trying to get with. I'm like, hey, could you watch my kid? And, wow. Like, no. And then, yeah, you know, like it's because it's cool, man. Luna's cool with that. You know, she's. She, she, you know, she, she is kind of a gateway. I would never, ever throw a Luna and Fee at some girl. Like, just be like, here, watch both my kids. Like, yeah. see what happens. Like, they, cool. would, they would never pick up my phone call again. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. That would be the end. They'd be like, nope. Like, I'm a little busy right now. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I can't, makes sense. I can't imagine how he would be with somebody if we weren't around. He has never been without us. Oh man! Oh, that's see, that's that's tough. That's that's another level. That's <laughs> you know, so like uh, he he visits with his uh cousins, and my wife goes to leave, so she always pretends like she's gonna leave him behind, and he gives her this sharp look, like no, like no. I can hear he chimed in right there. Like he, like he knew. Oh, he's he he's showing out right now. He's like standing on me, trying to climb. I'm sitting at a desk. He's trying to climb on the desk. He's like, "Oh, you're trying to have a conversation. I'm gonna take full advantage of this moment and fuck everything." <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna like throw him off me, and he's gonna cry. And I'm gonna laugh at him. <laughs> Oh man! Could, well, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind seeing that. You know what I mean? Just, <laughs> seeing, Why do you want to see my son cry? Man, I don't know. Just you know, just, what? A, what? A, uh, that one Jay Z song. He's like, he's like, and when your dad ain't around, I spank your kid. Like, <laughs> like that's 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 some close brother shit. Like, you know. No, you can't mess with that. No, it's, it's not yours. It's mine. Sit now. Sit down. Sit or get down. There you go. Sit down. Good. Yay, you're good. Yay. What? You gonna do what? Who are you talking to? Whatever. I can tell you guys are gonna bump heads quite a bit. Oh yeah. Great. Like he real possessive over my wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Give my wife this is a hugs. He's he come over there like so we we fight over her a lot. Yeah, I started that. I shouldn't have started that because like he was like you know really young, and like you know they'll be you know nuzzled up, and I mess with them like mine, my wife, mine. So yeah, he took that as a personal challenge. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Oh, we gonna see who she belongs to." Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's a tough one, man. That's you know you. That's gonna be a continuous running theme, you know what I mean? Throughout. <laughs> then he turned fifteen and get a new girl. Right. Yeah. 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 And then you know all that fun stuff starts. You know what I mean? My son is girl crazy. Oh yeah. I just... <sighs> like 
he he's one. We're in public. He sees a girl. He like gives her the eye. Start smiling like, "What's up?" You know what I'm saying? Like, how you doing? Basically, I'm like, I didn't know a one year old could do that. Does he have a racial preference? Uh, he used to, but now he doesn't. Hmm. He actually he used to have a racial preference, like you know, for, for black girls. Yeah. Now he doesn't even have a preference for attractiveness. He doesn't care. Oh man. Like like. I don't know when it changed, but one day we was on the bus and there was just some huge old random lady and he's just looking at her like, What's up, girl? What's, what's good? <laughs> you look lonely. I'm like, son, have some standards. And he's like, nah, man, fuck standards. He's like, yo, man, fat girls need love too, okay? Come I, I on, guess. Man. I'm like, no, man, no. I know. Aluna used to be like that. She used to put any, every time there was a cute brown girl, like out in public, she would look at her and be like, mama. <laughs> I was like, yeah, like only the cute brown girls too. Like if it was like a fat brown girl or ugly brown girl, she'd just be like, Mm-hmm. Okay, Dad, we're going. Let's 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 move along. You know, <laughs> she's trying to hook you up. She's like, I'm saying, man, she yeah, she's dad. like. She was the best wingman ever. Like, yeah. <laughs> he was a G. You know, now, now she's, you know, now she's kind of a hater. You know, I don't know. It's, I think, I think she's getting a little possessive. But you know, it's just, you know, the times they change. This is how it happens. Yeah, I guess they go through that phase. You know. Yeah. So that stuff you wrote. <laughs> oh, oh, the, uh, oh yeah, the, the, uh, you know, the lib- the liberal Nazis, man. You know what I mean? How they, uh, yeah. You know how they how they gather in crowds and they tell you what you can and can't say and you know, I mean it. it it's, I'm, uh, I'm I'm fascinated by it. You know, I always watch all these talks and stuff about it, and uh, it's weird. Like you know, I listen to people from the other side that you know who who are against the liberal Nazis, you know, and I'm like, okay, let me see what the Nazis have to say, and it's so hard to listen to them. Well, you know, it's 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 full of like moral superiority. Like that's the thing. It's like it's, we're right. It's not even that. It's like they don't seem very like bright or knowledgeable about the things they're saying. Well, just, if you listen to them a lot, what's going to come up is buzzwords over and over again, like these phrases that have become popularized on the internet, and that's how you can tell most of their shaping, like of you know, morality and whatever has come from like these, these like hive mind, like there's no, there's no experience behind it. There's no type of research behind it. It's like completely. Well, the research is like just for their own like confirmation. You know what I mean? Like they'll, they'll go through these, these different like channels and these sites and then they'll be like, Oh, okay. Like this is, you know, this is this is how the world works. This is how I should be thinking, and this is how everyone who around me, like who I'm friends with, is thinking. You know what I mean? So like to keep up and to like you know force like enforce like embrace like this worldview. Like we we all use the same terminology and we get it from the same place. You know what I mean? Like that's you know like the first thing that came up was like black people can't be racist. I don't know. How do you feel about that particular, uh, 
you know that that was like i remember that was a big change i remember when the internet said that that minorities cannot be racist because that, of the structure that, of power that, that's a, uh that's actually old and i dealt with that when i was uh really i dealt with that when i was in the nonprofit circles going to like meetings with people of color and we would have these discussions about racism and then someone an older black gentleman you know prominent in the community he stated that and it was the first time i heard that and i was like but check your definition you said if a person has a position of power you said he said we can't be racist because we don't hold positions of power but it's levels to that shit. you know if you are a dean at a college you hold a position of power and if you use your abilities to discriminate against somebody because of race, that's racism. Here, here's the stipulation with black people and racism, with black people being racist. Black people in positions of power are verbally racist against white people. They're systematically racist against other blacks. Yeah, they can they can be racist against their own race. If you know what I mean, is is that is that not the case? Like that, they can no, I'm telling you how, how it actually plays out. Oh, okay. That's how it actually plays out. So if someone did a study and researched the racism of black people in power, they would find that almost predominantly that they use their power against other blacks. Right. So it's funny how that plays out. They claim that black people in positions of power can't be racist, which they can, but they're never racist against quote-unquote white people. They're always racist against other blacks. And so they become like wrapped up in the whole system of basically just against black people. They they become Stevens. Basically. It's weird. Okay. It's weird how racism works because we talk about systemic racism and then we want to try to, uh, but we deal with it in the individual nature, but it's more like a manifestation of a phenomenon and people become agents of racism. And a lot of times, like unwillingly and unknowingly, you know. Yeah, like trying to change the system from the inside while the system changes them. Like, basically, it's, it's yeah. a question like that or. Or, you know, you might be just following the rules or things like that. Or, you know, some people, like, start believe uh, stereotypical, you know, propaganda. So they start judging and they don't know why they're judging or, you know, profiling certain groups of people and things of that nature. It, it becomes very weird. Like the whole, like the whole uh, affirmative action college thing, you know. Because a lot of universities, they have to have a basically a quota, a, a quota of of each race, and and they like to fill their black quota with uh, foreign exchange Africans. You, they import, they import black people, right? From, we don't want overseas. We don't want these. We don't want these black people. These black people, no. We want, we want these black people. You know. And it's a weird situation. You don't really discover it until you start to go to a lot of these places, to a lot of these schools and colleges, and you walk around, and it's like, me being a black person, me being a descendant of, of slaves, you know, growing up in black culture, 
and you know, I walk around these universities and you see all these black kids and it's like there's something different about these black kids. <laughs> Oh, I remember when I went to UMD cuz that was like that was a weird thing for me cuz I used to hang out at the center, you know, with you when I was a teenager, you know what I mean? And 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 that's where uh you know, it was a very uh collective gathering hotspot of uh African Americans in 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 Duluth, right? right? And then I remember I went to UMD and I was like, I don't recognize any of these black people. But, you know, I go to like I go to I go to Chicken Spur or something and I'll be like, hey, what's up, dude? Like, you know, I know everybody. Right. You know I mean, I'm going around town, you know, and it's like I, I just I know people, you know. And right. But a UMD and like, hey, this is like this is I'm from Uganda. Like, oh, word. OK. You know, like, and and whatever, whatever. But it's 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 very I'm not saying anything about that, you know. Big props to the African brothers and sisters. And a lot of those kids are American. They're just like third, second, third, fourth generation. You know. So so they don't they didn't they didn't they didn't get the uh you know, their ancestors did not get the Toby treatment. They they Exactly, you know, so they yeah. so it's different in that sense. And it's it's just it's just uh it's curious. I'm curious as to uh you know how how that is being done. Who's you know who's a part of that process? You know, and because this because you know it wasn't until coming here to Seattle that I experienced that you know schools, universities they can make you depend on your background and not just ethnicity or anything like that but based on even your uh being a resident of the state whether you're coming in or out or transferring or something like that they can discriminate and the way they do it is they give you a hella extra hoops to jump through such as such as like you Let's say you transferring from one college to another. Let's say you got your AA is locked into that AA degree. All your yeah. credits match. You know what I'm saying? They you take it to the school and they say they have the right to prefer local transfer students over students from a different state. So they force you to go to a local community college and you have to take a certain level of aligning classes that match with the type of degree you're going into for the university. So basically, you got to redo your prerequisites type of deal all over again. Ugh. You know what I'm saying? So if you want to go to our university, you have to jump through these hoops. You got to prove that you're down for our university. Yeah. You, type you, of, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, you know, and that's and that's what you see in a lot of circles when it comes to like racism or discrimination. It's kind, of, it's not like flat out hatred. It's not our like, oh fuck you, I hate you. It's kind of like okay. And could you? Know, you... And, and they use words like this is our policy and stuff like that. But if right. you do the research, the policy is really up to the administrator, or person I'm talking to. You can choose, oh yeah, oh yeah, overwrite that policy and let me slide through. But you can also choose to make me run the gauntlet, and and they do that depending on their own. What's wrong? Yeah, this is his fake pet. Take the cry. 
I hear that. Yeah. Hey, come on, baby. Come on, man. He's like, what is that? You ruining my podcast. Is there is there is there you a local yeah, organization? Yeah. What's wrong? Come on, Baba. Come on, let's go get Baba. Get down. I'm not carrying you. Get down. Oh, I gotta carry you. Dad, that trying to draw and podcast simultaneously. Oh man. And you just <laughs> This is why I wait till you sleep to do everything. <laughs> <laughs> Nana? You want Nana? Yeah. Oh, who loves bananas? You do. Yes, you. You see this shit? <laughs> see this shit? Man, I gotta go through. Yeah, yeah, bro. No, I know. I've, I've, I've been all the way there. I'm telling the damn banana boy. You gonna keep crying in my ear? Yeah, eat this. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's the stuff. I know what you like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where your baba? You threw it on the floor. We interrupt this segment of what's the science for taking care of children. <laughs> what's the science parenting edition? Parenting. This is how you feed your kid banana. Right. This is how you get your kid to shut the heck up. Basically. <laughs> you put food in his mouth. This is why American society we're so fat. Because yeah, because the food is the parents. You know what I mean? Just go run in the fridge. So they open up the fridge. It's cool. You are so controlling. It's not funny. It's not funny. Mm-hmm. That's why I make you do hella chores when you get older. <laughs> yep. You're going to be sweeping, mopping, cleaning toilets. Yep. I'm going to make you polish my shoes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, and I don't even polish my shoes. Right. But you're going to do it. We're going to look it up on YouTube. <laughs> this is how you polish. No, I know how to do it. Back when I cared about my sneakers, I used to polish them. You know, you buy the shoe polish, yeah, and things of that nature, the color of your shoes, and scrub them up, and all that stuff. I know. I I didn't learn about that till I lived with black people. I mean, right. We really care about our sneakers. You know, it was like you don't. Hey, man, you, you got to clean those sneakers up. Clean them up. Uh, you know, he whipped out the kit the, with the scrub brush, and I was like, oh my goodness, this is this is a thing. Yeah. Go to mommy. Turn on Busy Beaver for him or something. <laughs> <laughs> the boomer food or something. The, the, the show. The show. There it is. Busy Beaver? Busy Beaver? <laughs> <laughs> Get him with his... Huh? Yeah. Uh, share, uh, now, he may say hello. Oh, word. Tell her I said, <laughs> hey, how you doing? He said. <laughs> uh, anyway, what are we talking about? <laughs> I, I mean, I was I was thinking about racism, you know what I mean? And I was actually, I wanted to bring that up as, as a bit of a gateway. I mean, uh, I've been reading this book, bro. I just started this great book. Um, and it's uh, it's about morals and ethics, right? Okay. Uh, it's called How Should We Live by... Uh, some dude named like Podgman or something. I don't know. But the whole thing is filled with all these great, uh, these moral questions. Right. You know, my, uh, my roommate, Miri, she's a fantastic artist. She's awesome. She's, she took it in college as about, you know, like um, how, how morals, how to be moral in the world. 
and it was like community college class. She said it was the hardest class she ever took. And I was like, what, you know, I, so I opened up this book. It's, it's full of all these like moral quandaries. What? Like on the, in the first chapter, it talks about uh, these exercises. Like it talks about Lord of the Flies and how people disintegrate into beasts and animals and, uh, you know, creatures of, uh, of that nature. You know what I mean? Chicago. Just, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when you leave kids alone uh, and, uh, you know, untethered by, uh, you know, you know, culture and, and the veneer of society, they become savage and, uh, you know, Did things happen. They kill each other. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's what happened in Lord of the Flies, basically. You much kids on an island. I love uh, that book. You know, yeah. Yeah. I actually really want to read it now just from the introduction and just talking about it. And uh, well, at the end of the, uh, you know, the end of the thing, there's there's some new feminist moralists who believe that this book is not realistic because what would have happened if there was a girl on the island? And <laughs> Oh, shit. I know. Right. Like at that point, I remembered Akira and I was like, uh. I think it would have been a much darker book. <laughs> like, that would have been, been even more of a horror story. But and then and then it was like, what if Lord of the Flies was all girls? What if it was just a whole like island of prepubescent girls? What would have happened? The well, same thing. I mean, right? Like, come on, bro. Like, it's have they not know. met middle school girls? Vicious. They have absolutely vicious. vicious. Okay, you know they worse uh, than the guy. I'm saying, like, it's, uh, it's uh, you so, know, feminist girl. She has romance. Women are terrifying, man. I'm, I'm scared of women. Like, you know, really, I'm, it's, they're, they're just scary creatures. They have, they have powers that we cannot fathom. So she has know? a very romantic view of just young girls. She's like, oh, they're just butterflies and rainbows. And yeah, me too, man. You definitely gonna need to let me talk to your son about, about, you know, because, because I, I thought the same thing. You know what I mean? I, no, I was, no, oh, no, these, they're, they're horrible. Yeah, there's, it's, uh, I mean. <laughs> monsters, the monsters. Uh, I mean, I, I learned the hard way. Speaking of Valentine's Day uh, coming up, this is a, this is a, this is a one year anniversary for me. This is a, um, this is a one year anniversary of that time I got uh, chlamydia from my fiance. Whoa, this is big. Too much information. I was saying, bro, this is a big year for me. You know what I mean? It's been, it's, it's been a rough year you need you need to learn to forgive uh it's gonna be tough man it's it's hard you know don't 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 let don't let that ruin you you know you've given enough time and energy to a situation situation is over let that go not for that person don't forgive for them forgive for you I, I, you know, I'd come to a nice equilibrium. I remember at one point last year, I was, everything was, I was like, you know what? I don't blame her, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, and then, then I opened up the gateway and she, she came in again and, you know. What? With like a wrecking ball, you know, it's, she just, just can't. See, some, you, some people you're don't know when to like, quit. You know what I mean? You're acting like an addict. See, you. Yeah, that that's the thing, you know, because I, I, I did a lot of crazy things over the last year, man. I mean, I can't. I can't even begin to fill you in, but you know, uh, there was there was a point where uh, you know some some very uh, addictive hard drugs got involved. Oh, Quitting those was nothing, no big deal. But breaking away from the situation with this particular female, I have never done anything more difficult in my life. Like it's been a year and a half, and like only like the dreams and the nightmares and some of the visuals and the memories that come up 
are just beginning to subside. Like, but it was like, I would wake up every morning in my new place, just like from a dream of that person. And it was like, like my whole mood, like my whole entire being, like my emotional state has just been like this incredibly, like just toxic, like bubbling cauldron of like purging cathartic, just horror. Like it's like, I like drugs are nothing like drugs like quitting drugs it ain't shit like i was in december i was freaking watching people like do meth and i was just like oh okay like whatever just no just pass that on i don't care like you know and but like the person the person who was you know had that grip like when you let someone into your soul like they don't leave easily like it's, that's 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 very it's very true and like uh before like, I did a couple podcasts, like, and now I'll, I'll do it again. Like, I apologize to a lot of fellas. Just, I openly do this now because, like, you know, I was single for so long. And if I did, like, see someone, it was never, it was never, like, too heavy. It's like I could never reach that level. And I used to, and I didn't comprehend it. So when I see a lot of dudes doing crazy things over girls, you know, I would always, like, intellectualize it and be like, oh, you just need to do this, or you're doing, you know, just kind of belittling toward the situation. Yeah. So now, you saw. now that I, like, now that I'm married, and not just because I'm married, it's because, like, the way I love my wife, like, like you said, in your soul. When somebody's in your soul, you, like, you don't think it's possible until you, like, wake up and it's, it already happened. And it's like, how the fuck do you deal with that? <laughs> Well, I mean, God forbid if that person like leaves you, but they're still a part of your soul. Like that's got to be. Oh, right. Hopefully you'll never get in the situation. You know what I mean? Like a similar one to where I was, where I was running around, you know, I remember I went to Walmart at three in the morning. I bought a bat. I was like hunting people down. I was, you know, I I was like Liam Neeson, but without the racism. No, like, you know, I don't, I'm going to defend Liam Neeson real quick. Um. Oh my God. This this is my defense of Liam Neeson. You born and raised under the umbrella of Western European society. You were racist. Yeah. It don't it don't matter what color you are. Everybody. This is white. This is this is when whenever you on the internet someone's like, "Hey, that person's racist." To me, that's the same as being like, "That person has a face." Basically, like. Yeah, and, yeah, they do, and and what? And, like, and, and when you when you reach a certain age or you reach a certain level of intelligence and awareness, I would like to say I would like to think that most of us, for the most part, we kind of recognize that we become aware of it and we kind of do what we have to to kind of purge it from our system. If we're allowed to, that's the thing. Is if like if if being called a racist is like this huge taboo thing where you lose your job and you know if you show actual signs of racism or bigotry, like you will be, uh, you know, uh, banished. Like you will be uh, exiled from the community. Like blah, blah, blah. Like that's that's not healthy because we all think. You know what I mean? Like okay biologically where you see a person and you group them into a category based on your you know your past experiences and that's that's how we survive that's how the brain is biologically composed so that's probably like the most compassionate i concept i've heard you ever display ever 
in my entire life of knowing you. So what? It was meant to be kind of cynical. That's no, hmm. but it's like it's the idea that you know, like the like the liberal Nazis, they're like, you're racist, punch him in the face, kill him, rip his balls off. But you're right. No, you're racist. But if you're if you know what I'm saying if you if you're not like a crazy racist, if you feel like you're racist logically, then let me logic you logic you out of racism and show you and educate you, and then you can wake up and not be racist. You know what I'm saying? It's like a compassionate model. It's like okay, you're racist out of ignorance. Let me inform you so you can stop being racist. I mean, even even in a way though, that's like that's that's still tough because then if if someone wants to like talk, you know, talk down to you as if uh, like holier than thou, like I am so wise and my knowledge of racism is this and that, and that, and this is what you should know. It's like most people will shut down. They'd be proud, ignorant, you know, like just be like, yeah. I'm dumb. Yeah. I'm right. Like, yeah, I feel you. You, know? you kind of gotta like, because like the way I do it, like, okay, because I'm very like particular with uh, white friends. So, the first thing, I, the first thing I do, like if I, I don't have a lot of friends. I don't like to befriend people. But if I do befriend yeah, somebody, sucks. if I if I meet a white person that I really want to befriend, like I want to hang out with them. <laughs> the first thing I do is I ask their nationality, because the whole idea of being white, that's the facade. Like, what are you really? You know what I'm saying? Right. So I asked, you know, what are you? You know, are you, you know, are you, are you Spanish, Spain, Spanish, you know, European Spanish? Are you, uh, are you English? Are you from the Netherlands? Are you, are you Irish? Are you German? What'd you say? Please, God, don't be German. Are you German? <laughs> you know, and, 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 and that, and that opens people up to talk about their family history and stuff like that. Another thing I try to do early on is I try to get them to say nigga. Really? Yeah. What's the purpose of that? The, the purpose of getting them to say nigga is depending on how reluctant they are to say it and the way they say it and in what context and all that type of stuff. You get the you get a you get a true taste of their level of racism, you know. You get you get you can read the particular flavor of their racism they, by the way they say it. By, by the way, just the inflection, the their tone of voice, the way it rolls off or how you know, or, or or how reluctant they are, because a lot of people have fake reluctance. Like, no, no, I can't say that in front of you. I could never say that in front of a black person but, like yourself. Yeah, but but you because you are you're, you're not a person who's above saying it. You don't right. want to say it in front of me. I'm like, no, nah, it's cool, man. It's cool. I won't get mad. I promise you won't. And then I let them say it. And I'm like, see, it's not so bad. Say it again. And we and we throw nigga around until they're like comfortable. With nigga, you know, once you get a once you get a white person comfortable with nigga, then you can kind of start breaking down race with them because they, at that point, they it throws. That's that's the that's the that's the uh, the the albatross, the great the great albatross around the white man's neck, <laughs> not being able to say the n word. See, this is very interesting because I feel like most people would never think of that. So, like if. If someone who like is really caught up in the taboo of the word itself saw you be like, "Hey, 
white person, potential white friend, say the N-word. It would be like watching a fortune teller, you know, trying to read a palm or, you know, into a crystal ball. Like, what is, what is he gleaning from these tea leaves? But you would be like, I, well, see, I see the inflection and the reluctance. You find out many, many things scientifically, you know, by not, you know. Right. And, by not, and, you know. and here's the thing. We just admitted this. Like, we all racist. I've already got that out the way. You already know you racist. Of course, yeah. And for some reason, we we were be we were able to, you know, start some type of kinship or friendship. So now we're friends. So I want to gauge your degree of racism, and it's not my mission to cure your racism. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, oh, you you wouldn't be, you know what I mean? You 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 got too many full time jobs. Just, you don't have time. There's right. no way. Right, but it's just like, as your friend. I like to understand you, and if it so happens like you have questions or misunderstandings, I can clarify. And it's it's kind of like a natural thing that happens that people become less racist in, in their core, you know. Yeah, I feel like well, once you can separate the racism from the self, like you know, what I mean, be like, this is me, and this is my racism, like, and you start to be able to play with it and tinker with it. Maybe you can even become a tool of bonding. Actually, you know, actually, you guys jokes back and forth with actually your particular brand. When you, when you be, when you uh, create true kinship and friendship and companionship with people of other races, you kind of do that because you yeah. start bonding more on a human level. And then, especially when you get to the point where you can make racist jokes with each other, then you separated race from each other. From each, the person, yeah. yeah. Like, this is a person first, and second, this is a person of color or not, you know. Because when you start to bond people on a human level, then you can see that uh, the idea of race, it really does become a joke. It, yeah. It's so ridiculous. Like, when you really stop and think about it, like, that's utterly ridiculous. Like, it's, Yeah, it's hilarious, like, really. Hey, I mean, or you don't like me, or because of what? Right. Again, that's just like saying you don't like me because the color of my jeans. Like, yeah, you got on blue. You wearing the wrong colors. I don't like that. Right. Right. I'm wearing blue. We gotta kill each other. It's like, Hatfield McCoy shit. Yeah. It's it's very it's utterly ridiculous. So it's like, uh, you know, why is it that that was that was one of the questions in that in that moral book was that one of them was like, you know, this is very much a white person problem. It was like. Let's say you and twenty friends have decided to go spelunking. Spelunking? Yes, this is a, this is a very white person dilemma. Cave diving, moral one. Yeah, cave. Well, I thought it was like bungee jumping in a cave or something. I don't. I don't no, I've, you take cords, and a lot of caves have deep chasms. So basically, you uh, jettison yourself down into that chasm using the cord as a safety. You know. That actually sounds really fun. And, you know, you dive down like, ah, you know, and sometimes you can go fast, but you don't want to. It's dangerous. You might hit the yeah. bottom. You know? that, that's, that's where one of the, well, one of the problems with, with you know, say your friend, uh, Freddie, uh, let's see, he, as you guys, you and 20 friends are leaving, Freddie, you get stuck in the mouth of the cave. Right. And uh, if, you know, Freddie does not get dislodged you or, well freddie will be fine the tide is rising and you and your 20 friends will all drown freddie will be fine but fortuitously you have a stick of dynamite what do you do 
And I think almost 100% of people would be like, I would blow Freddie's fat ass the fuck up. We getting out of there. And, you know, this, there's, there's ways you could alter it, though. You know what I mean? I think if, well, if me and Quinn were there, we would just be arguing about which one gets to blow Freddie the fuck up. Be like, I'm doing it. No, I'm going to do it. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, I would stick the dynamite right up Freddie's ass. Like, but no, say you and your 20 friends are white and Freddie is black. Oh, shit. Right? And not only that, but you personally twisted his arm. Freddie didn't want to come spelunking. You said, come on, Freddie, you have to expand your horizons. You can't just play basketball and smoke Newports every weekend. Come spelunking. You have to do it. You're the only one who has the dynamite. Nobody knows you have the dynamite. So if you use it, you basically killed Freddie. You really, you convinced him to come along. You got him into the situation. You killed him. You know, just altering things in little little ways. Is 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 that an act of racism? If you and your twenty friends are white and Freddie is black, is is, is, is it an act of racism? Uh, if it makes it, it uh, yes. If oh. if three of the friends are like one of them's a lawyer, one of them's a policeman, and one of them's a judge, and they're all white, and they figure out a way to lie, so you completely get out of trouble. Yes, that's an act of racism. Really? But. I mean, I feel like, uh, I mean. If it's easier to blow Freddie up because he's black, that's not an act of racism because that's what it's getting at. It's like, is it easier to take his life because he's other? And right. that's kind of like a human condition. And it's like, that's kind of a little bit of the racist in you, you know? And at, and at, the, and at the end of the day, you want to push white and black and make black the victim in that situation. You turn that right around, and the black person will do the same thing. It'll be easier for them to kill the white person just because of how we are indoctrinated with this other mentality. Right. If 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 it's 20 black people behind a white person named Freddie, and, you know, they start talking about the history of slavery and blah, blah, blah. Maybe Freddie's a first-generation Irish immigrant. He doesn't know what the heck anyone's talking about. But he hears something, you know, in the cave about, you know, Massive uh, this and blah 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 that and like he's like, he knows he's gonna get blown up basically because he's white like yeah you know and and that's just what it is you know so it's a deeper dilemma and actually it's not that deep of a dilemma because it's like uh, killing is killing if it was Freddie's idea to come out there he twisted your arm if he twisted all everybody's arm to go spelunking then had a- yeah Freddie was like you all need to come with me. Spelunking. And then he gets like, up, ah. and then y'all decide to blow him up. It's still, you still killed him. Uh, yeah. My whole idea of it is, uh, and this is my personal take, like, I consider myself a very moral person. And at times, I will forego my morals, but I, you know, I have the idea of, like, survival trumps morality. Like, violence is wrong in all cases. It's never right. Right. But if someone is attacking me and trying to take my life, I feel justified in committing great acts of violence against them, even at the cost of their life. Yeah. Does that make me right? No. Morally, I was wrong. The violence was evil, but I'm justified in my act of survival. You know, I have the right to 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 protect my person, you know, and, right. and or the persons of people that I deem to care about. Yeah. So... It doesn't make the violence morally just. It's just my survival trumps morality, you know. Well, the thing about moral questions like that is, you know, 
people, uh, you know, when you get uh, like like the pro life crowd, you know what I mean? Because they they feel morally justified in saying that, hey, like what you know, like the left would be like, if any act of racism gone, silence always helps the oppressor. Isn't that that's the same? Uh, isn't that the same? moral justification for pro-life people they're saying if i'm silent about this baby murder blah blah blah, blah then you know okay I'm just but, get away but with murder. if i if i keep the baby if i don't abort the baby are you gonna adopt it right does the, the same does person who says don't the same the same person who says don't abort the baby they don't want to give money to poor people Right. Well, you know, that's that's they would giving money help the poor person, or would they just spend it on crack? You know, that's the you because you just you just helped me create another poor person because you wanted me to keep the baby. Right. But who's gonna take responsibility for this life? Like that that was in a in a Chuck Palahniuk book, the dude would fake choking in restaurants so that people would save him because after they saved him, they would feel responsible for his life, and then he would scam money from. Right. And you know, I. I'm 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 actually against abortion, but I'm not gonna tell anybody that they. Right, that's someone else's decision that they have to decision, make. That's your body. And I also feel yeah. like if you're a person and you have something in, you have you have the right to choose what's in your body. Like if you're a woman and you don't want to be pregnant, you have the right to choose to carry that. If you want to get rid of it, get rid of it. You know. But I don't make any qualms about is it baby murder? Yeah. But <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It's like I think we're too hung up on death. Like I, I see what you mean. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying we shouldn't take death so seriously, but we should have a better understand understanding of it and we shouldn't have a fear of it. And we should understand that like it's a part of life. Some of us gotta die, you know. Like uh if you watch YouTube a lot, YouTube throws these ads at you, and you get the same type of ads all the time, but a lot of them, the ads I get don't make sense, because I watch anime and podcasts all day, <laughs> and I get, like, these commercials for Danks. It's a weed store. <laughs> They're like, oh, you, you watch anime, you must be getting hacked. Basically, and I also get these commercials. It's it's like a it's a Microsoft commercial. And then the commercial is full of a bunch of like deformed kids. They were born with deformities. Some don't have a hand. Some one kid had like the shape of a foot on his arm, like a hand. Ooh. It's all these kids Ooh. born with deformities. And I'm I'm finna sound like an asshole. I'm probably finna ruin my life with this. But let's go. <laughs> I felt like I'm watching this and I was like I'll try to follow up with something worse. Right. <laughs> I, I'm watching this commercial like <laughs> This is proof that we have escaped natural selection. <laughs> what, what are you saying, As Donnie? Species, you... If we were still subject to natural selection, those children would not be here. Well, are you going to be Thanos over here, bro? What you I'm mean? not saying they shouldn't be here. I'm just saying... They're here. That- they're here. What does it mean? What do you do if fucking <laughs> if deformed ass Freddy is out here looking at you with sad eyes on the street, oh, begging for oh shit, begging for change? What do you do? 
You have a stick of dynamite. See, and see, that's that's the same thing because it's like it's easy to kill Freddy because he has one of those little hands. He got a foot on his head. <laughs> you know, is it? You oh know, my god! Look at all the prejudices we got built into our society. You know, human culture, and how much is that is wired naturally? You know. Hmm, that is a good question. Because it's like, do you think some people are wired more naturally to feel compassion, or other people are wired by conditioning over and over again to feel a certain type of compassion for a certain type of people at certain times? This, first of all, here, here's the thing: like, if you look at, at, at any, uh, if you, I always go back to the animal kingdom because at the at the core, we're animals. Right, you didn't have to do lying. <laughs> but if you look at any animal family, whatever, what do they do with their uh, deformed? Um, well, the Spartans threw them in a volcano. I mean, they no, eat them sometimes. Not I hear. people, animals, cats, animals. dogs, lions, zebras, insects. If they give birth to a deformed. If one of their kids come out deformed during birth, what do they do? They leave it in the tall grass, or they do they kill it? I don't know. Uh, they typically kill. Them. Damn, compassionate murder, euthanasia. Inst- they euthanize it with teeth and claw. Like, I've witnessed mother cats give birth to a litter, inspect the litter, and do away with the ones that didn't come out right. Mm. Like, the mother will inspect the litter, and if, That's cold. if you missing the paw, my nigga, like... You ain't gonna make you it. You ain't coming out, it's a lie. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, but... You can go to Thanos' route and say that's compassionate, because I just saved you a life of suffering, and if uh, death is life and life is death, then you'll just come back again. You know, hopefully we, you know, you do it right in the womb this time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Get, get your shit together, grow a leg. Damn, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can't do podcasts. We're gonna get this is so great. Oh. No, you know what's awesome? Every every time I have like some some twenty some year old come to me with a problem. You know what I mean? Anyone from like fifteen to like twenty five, right? Right. They'll be like, "Hey, Mark." Blah blah blah. I have this problem. It doesn't happen a lot because you you know they they tend to know what you know Not how I feel about it. But once in a while they'll be like, "Hey, uh, what do I do? This and this and this and A and B and C and all these variables." And I just sit there and I I, I you know I contemplate for a second with you know with with my chin in my hand and I go, "Get life's dick out of your mouth." <laughs> and then I walk away because it's the perfect phrase and it works. It works every time. What? So okay. you telling me when you tell it to them, they like get their shit together? Like, yeah, they. I've seen it happen, bro. It's literally the ultimate. Like, it's anyone, fifteen, twenty-five, any problem, get life's dick out. Why? Of why it that? Works. Why that age bracket? Uh, because problems from fifteen to twenty-five tend to not be, uh, you know, anything like uh, your fiance gave you chlamydia, and uh, you know what I mean, you freaking, you know what I mean. People are on meth and dying, and there's babies and blah blah. Usually, fifteen twenty five is like, well, I just want to do this, but I can't because I got a headache and blah blah blah. Right. Or this person saying, you know, I I, I want to pick them up, but they're making excuses and blah blah blah. Or like, I wanted, you know, and it's just this. That's usually just, you know, they're just sucking life's dick. That's what they're doing it on purpose. Super you know? problems. 
Yeah. You, you know, after about 25, life will hit you with problems that, you know, may be a little more complicated than just, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, things, things, things get, things get hectic. Hit you with that. some real yeah. shit. You'd be like, yeah, you might get into some real shit. You know what I mean? Like, it, it happens. It's, it's a thing. Yeah. So, well, you know, I've, I've been, I've been, you know, just thinking about the problems that a person encounters from different stages of their life, you know, and what, <laughs> what, what's deserved, what's not, what's easy to deal with, what can just be Thanos finger snapped away, you know. Uh, oh, <laughs> if, if only you could just Thanos all your problems. Oh man, it's you know it, it requires great sacrifice, you know, great great sacrifice. You have to sacrifice everything sometimes. Yeah, and and that's just what it is, you know. That's just life, you know. And even if like let's say you achieve some type of wealth or something like, imagine what that person had to sacrifice to get there, and yeah, what they got to sacrifice every day to keep that shit, you know. Like you see somebody like uh, Brad Pitt, you know. And you're like, oh, he got it made. He's rich. He's an actor. He could. Be, you don't know what he's sacrificing day to day, just to right. keep that million dollar mansion and make sure he gets the next movie so he could pay his bills. You know. Not only that, even with that, he still got divorced. You know what I mean? Like, and shit's and you don't know shit's hard out here. What, even if you're a millionaire pimp, you don't know what he sacrificed to get there. He probably came past Harvey Weinstein. He's like, I'm not into ladies, but you're kind of pretty. You know? Right. Like, like, <laughs> You, you will never know. The world may never know. You know, Terry Crews. Me too. You know, you heard about Terry Crews? Yeah, I heard about Terry Crews, bro. He freaking, you know, he's a big, mostly black man. He got he, he, some some white man play with his booty hole or some shit oh, like that. Shit. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, he got hey, and that's that's not even that's not even funny. You know what I mean? That's not like it's why not? I mean. You can laugh about it. It's rather insensitive to Terry Crews and people who experience similar situations. Yeah. I mean, someone like you and me out here intellectualizing, it's very funny. You know what I mean? The problem of Freddie getting blown up, sticking dynamite up Freddie's ass and blowing his ass to smithereens, that's just very funny. Because, but imagine being there. Like, right. You know, it's a little different, you know? It, it is. It is a little different. So, like, this is how, like, you know, I'm just saying this for any listeners. Like, my mother died. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, this is how she introduced the concept of her dying. To, uh, like, this is when we, it was like 2004, 2000, like spring of 2005. Mm-hmm. And me and my brothers and sisters and her, we're all sitting in the room, in the living room. We're just kicking it, you know, drinking, talking shit. And she, and she just randomly says, she was, she was like, if we was all stuck on the island and we had no food and no water, she's like, if I offered like my body to y'all to cut quarters for such, she was like, who would do it? She hit you with the Last Supper, like this is my body given for you, and this everybody is... was like, "Oh, are you crazy? Blah blah, oh shit, oh shit," and I was like, "I do it," <laughs> <laughs> and Ugh. and then from that point on, we started talking about what to do 
after she died. Me and her, like she pulled me aside and we were talking. She's like, "You ready?" Oh, like basically, she threw a random bullshit, some shit that never happened. We don't even swim. We're not getting on a boat. We'll never, end up on <laughs> you know. But she, you know, she threw a test. She wanted to see whose mind was ready for the concept of uh of after her of 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 the concept of her dying. The concept of like, you know, who has the mental fortitude to deal with her body, you know, yeah, and things of that nature. And so I guess that was me. <laughs> mm, that makes sense. So, you know, so after then, you know, we were talking about it. And so like into this day, like I talked to my siblings about her death and the stuff. And they was like this and that. And, I, and they was like, and, you know, and they're like, I'm glad you know what to do. And I was like, I really didn't. All I did was what she told me to do. Everything I did as far as like her being cremated and putting the, you know, service together and that's, those were instructions, you know, and I don't think a lot of people, like I said, we don't know how to handle death. We don't deal with death. We don't want to accept it. And even in the, especially, I think, I can't speak for other communities, but it's a huge problem in the black community. A lot of people die in the black community and they die early for various reasons. And they, they don't do anything to prepare people around them and they don't leave nothing behind. They don't even they don't even leave like instructions or who's in charge of the body or who's supposed to do this. So you kind of like a lot of black families in turmoil around death time because there's a lot of fighting about who's in charge of this and who's in charge of that and who gets what after that person dies. And Mm. it's a lot of chaos around death, you know, and that's because the people don't want to accept that, you know, like, my stepdad, I'm not going to say he's going to die soon, but he keeps going to the hospital, like, you know, for the same reasons my mother passed and stuff. And when I speak to him, I always ask him, like, uh, do, you, do you get your health insurance? Do you got your life insurance? This and that. He blows it off. He said, I don't need that. I ain't worried about that. I got my, you know, I'm okay. Stuff like that. I'm not saying you're not okay. You could be okay for another 20 years, but be conscious enough to prepare because what you're gonna leave your kids in a fucked up situation. This is expensive. You know True. You're gonna leave your kids in a fucked up situation because you didn't prep for death. Like my mom barely prepped. Like I had to really push her. Like she almost didn't get life insurance. So that was like almost ten grand just to get her cremated and and the service and all that, and then pay for a gathering and feeding everybody, and like uh, that almost didn't happen. We could have, yeah. you know, that's crazy, you know. I don't know. Well, when when, when someone you love dies, you know what I mean. At least you kind of know. Well, I don't know. There's there's some consensus about the feeling. I've had some deaths happen, and I know there's going to be a death coming at some point that is going to be very confusing for yours truly. Like one of my good friends, uh, passed away last year. Yeah. Um, and, uh, there was multiple accusations, uh, from different corners of him, uh, attempting to, uh, take the pussy, so to speak. And, uh, you know, so, uh, one of them was from, uh, someone very close to me. 
You know what I mean? So me and him weren't exactly friends at this point. You know, we hadn't spoken in a while when he did die. Right. So it was very difficult for me to even process how even I should feel about him not being there. Like, we made incredible memories together. You know, he was a very good friend of mine until, you know, certain things happened. Like, but, you know, when people, like, really act like like animals and then they die like an animal, it's like, what do you... There's, there was a lot of people who came out of the woodwork who didn't even really know him that well. And were like, oh, my God, this is tragic. And I'm sitting there like, I've known his motherfucker for like 15 years like I don't know exactly how tragic it really is like I it was hard for me because people were like oh my god the grief and I'm like listen like look like let me tell you stop <laughs> like like it was, it was it was tough for me like I actually wrote a poem about it it was called uh uh obituary for a rapist oh shit how do you what do you say what do you say oh, when a rapist shit. like like a legit because you know when things are like, so, like, let's say scenarios, like, because it's a, that, especially with guys, it's a lot of accusations always around, like, you know, and it's like, you don't know who to believe, but I don't know, and if you, if you have a certain situation, and, and there's like, it's a situation without certainty, I feel, uh, you know, we need to get motherfuckers out of the gene pool. You know, that's that's just that's just my opinion. Like, <laughs> rapists, especially pedophiles and stuff like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this was the thing, man. When I was in Lincoln Park, like when I used to live in Lincoln Park with my family, I had you know I had my my lady and my two daughters, and like every fucking week, every fucking week, I would get a text message saying, "Hey, uh, guess what? A level five uh, repeat predator has just moved uh, two blocks away from you." Just so you know, and I'm sitting there like, I, first of all, I didn't vote for this. Second of all, uh, how do you even become a repeat predator? Like, shouldn't you be dead? Like, shouldn't hey, shouldn't hey, someone have? It's it's crazy to Lincoln see. Uh, rapists get, and they're trying to like the precedence is more and more every year. It's been treated more like a like a, a, a mental disability, and they want to give them medication and make it. And it's uh, I don't know if it's true, but like it's a lot of like it's supposed to be organizations that's like pushing for legislation uh, to Nambla. make it okay. Yeah, right. Yeah, was, you know, uh, they were trying to they're trying to jump on the LGBTQ uh, XYZ triple X temptation uh, bandwagon for a while. You know what I mean, it was like, hey, this is a this is, a, this is my sexual orientation. And, you know, it's a human. Oh, shit. Yeah, right. That was that was a that was a scary thing. A lot a lot of people, you know, got very. No, it's, uh, it's not was a scary thing. Like they, they exist. Is. Yeah. And they're, I mean, you know, what I'm saying like. We don't know who pushing for shit behind. That's why, that's why I'm so adverse to the uh, because the LGBTQ, I'm triple X temptation. Exactly, like they want yeah. to infiltrate like schools and things of that nature, and tell kids that it's okay to be uh, gender fluid. Yeah, or whatever. It's like, uh, first of all, anybody who utters that statement, you have no idea you don't like you don't have any comprehension about 
actual human physiology, psychologically, psychology, uh, psychology. Are you saying it's a mental disorder? What are you saying, Donnie? <laughs> human physiology, psychology, and in reference to sexuality, you have no. Are you are you retarded? <laughs> and I know that's a taboo word now, but I say it in all meaning of the word. Are you retarded? You must be retarded to step <laughs> a, a first grade class with a book with the picture of a unicorn on it and teach first graders about gender fluid fluidity. This is the end of your career, by the way. I know. I ain't even started my career. And, <laughs> and, and are you retarded if you're the parent of a kid and before they hit puberty, you let the kid convince you that they are gender fluid and you should start giving them hormones or hormone blockers. And it's, it's like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, like, you know, and all, not vaccinators. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of, there's so many things. There's so many sub, there's, we could do so many podcasts. There was, you know, this is, there's, there's just so much. Uh... Uh, first of all, <laughs> right. This, let's 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 start at the beginning. Pause. Okay. First of all, it's like. Uh, first of all, disclaimer. I'm gonna say like with the number of human beings on the planet, <laughs> it's it's not impossible. Uh, it, there is a lot of room for uh, gender specific anomalies within psychology and physiology because you see a lot of people are born with uh, both genitalia, you know, and things of that nature. And so it is quite possible that someone could be born with uh, a miswiring in their psychology or you can say their brain nature. Uh, You know, so someone can be born trans, but yeah, I think if you really look, at what did Dave Chappelle say? He's like, "Hey, man, I, I believe them. I I believe that they are what they say they are." He was just, who the fuck just, oh, but, just cut their dick off? Like, oh, I'm not gonna need this. <laughs> but if you if you look at the numbers, most gangster shit I've heard in my life. If you look at the numbers and you look at the mental health of people who go through that pre, before, and after. And then you look at the numbers and see how many people are starting to prescribe to this. You can you'll see a pattern of just uh people being, an increase of, of of people just jumping on basically like a fad like uh, the bandwagon. Yes, yeah, is, you know it's trending. It's basically, and it's not it's not a true occurrence for a large portion of the people who are staking claim to it. But some people cut their dick. But the what? Because they were fooled into thinking that perhaps they won't need that, their dick. They weren't fooled. They're really a female deep they, down. They, they fooled themselves. And it's, and it's sad that you got organizations who they want to, because they're trying to gain uh, power and position, that they use this, uh, this narration, you know, to propel themselves and push themselves and into different uh, vectors of society. And you got a large portion of people who who are who are basically fooling themselves like no is you can't really blame the pushers because that's what they do they're pushers you they've know been pushers. yeah you know you can't knock the hustle right like i've been a black kid walking down the street 
with a backpack full of art going to a comic store and people stop me a million times like, you got some crack? You got some crack? I'm like, no, I don't sell crack. Like, why? <laughs> you know, so that's like the pusher. That's how we met. Funny story. <laughs> so, so that's how some, so that's how the pusher is. They're like, you got an identity? You got some identity? How many times you gonna ask? You got me? some identity? Hey man, you got some all that identity? He, he's like, I do got an identity for you. Subscribe. You mean to I fit in? You you know, and Scratches. I think it's also a symptom of like uh, the the privilege and the luxury of a society like ours, who in our uh, thirst for individuality has uh, really sacrificed any sense of community or any sense of group identity. So you have like a culture of people that really don't have a culture and there's no, there are no uh, rites of passage. There are no uh, mm. determining factors into really like leading people into, because with all the powerful single-minded individualists in the world who do great things for the most, for the most part, I'll say 80 to 90% of, of human beings need that group thing. It's, it, they need the group to at least give them a starting push into the yeah. who they are. And Being an individual is the hardest motherfucking thing, you know, in you, the you world. Need, you need that to tell, yeah. to at least give you a stepping stone about okay, this is who I am. You know, a lot of people oh they start from being black oh I'm black or I'm white or, but even that doesn't really mean anything anymore because all bets are off. You know, because now you can. When I was young, like reading comic books wasn't black. I wasn't black because I read comic books and I drew and I watched anime. That's not the case no more. Now it's okay. And that nothing's wrong with that, but it's like Now it's easy. There there's no definition. Mm. All the definitions are gone. So people are so susceptible now that if you can offer them a clear definition of in, almost anything and you can butter it up and make it sound nice, add some morality to it, you know, mix in a little bit of... Morality is a hell of a drug. Like, right? that's, like that's that's the thing. Like, if you can get a sense of moral superiority from... Oh, you, you got a particular like, thing, like... be superior to other people? Right. Like, they're in that shit. Yeah. I can bully people with moral superiority? Oh, this yes. This is the shit. Right. You know what I mean? goes... Yeah. Yeah. And you get you get a little community off of that, you know what I mean, or a large community online. And you can ship <laughs> communities with uh, certain keywords. You can point them towards directions. You can you can do do many things. Many, yeah. Many things. So it's 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 super crazy, you know. Well, uh, what about uh, what about hoes? Hoes? Dots? Like, huh? Like whores? Yeah, whores. Yeah, I'm talking about whores, people. Right? How about which? What about whores? You know, this is this is something that I, I was I, I did want to bring up and I was curious about. You know, I just been it, you know how like certain organizations exist, like there's unions, right? You right. know there's unions for uh for the trades, like if you're a carpenter or an electrician, you can join the uh the carpenters union, you know what I mean? Or, you know, if, if you're a person of color, you can join the NAACP and you know what I mean, blah blah blah. They'll you know, if if you're a hoe, what 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 do you? Well, there's nothing. There's just you. You just out here being a hoe on your own, and you know I I feel like that that, that that's uh uh so a person being uh 
and this is true for men too, because they try to say the nature of men is uh, to be promiscuous. Which that's it's some truth to that, but then no one like talks about the psychological component. So like mm-hmm. a lot of times, like especially da- especially random, dangerous, and frequent promiscuity is a clear sign uh, of us uh, uh, deeper psychological damage. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And if you speak to these people, they'll seem very normal and calm. And a lot of them didn't really have a lot of traumas in their lives and things of that nature too. Like, what's the problem? But it's something, it might not have been something that happened to them per se, but it's just like their perception of something or just their misunderstanding or just like the, uh, the, the trauma or the tragedy of like, like I said, not having that stepping stone of identity. So it's very like traumatic to to human beings, and we get into the point where basically sex becomes a drug. Like so, for them mm. having a wild night with somebody is like smoking a blunt, or even if you take a puff of a cigarette, you puff the cigarette, it takes a load off. You feel a little calmer, it feels better. You know what I'm saying? Like sex is just their drug, one of their drugs of choice. You know, and that's all it is. You know, so that's that's a person who has like deeper issues, and they need. I to- I agree. I'm I'm talking about the the phenomenon itself of you know, there's always going to be hoes, right? Okay. I mean, I just think if if since we're living in this democracy, you know I mean if if we do believe in democracy, we should believe that it could be uh it, it, it has to evolve into something that can help everyone. Are you trying you know, to pimp hoes? This sounds like you're trying to pimp hoes right now. Look, I'm not saying I'm trying to be. I'm not. I'm not trying to like lead the charge on this here. Okay, I'm just. I'm just talking. All right. This is. This is, this is just an idea I've been having. Are, you know? are there hoes you're trying to save? Look, they can, they, these hoes. Look, these these hoes. Okay, these these. It's a dirty job saving these hoes. <laughs> let me tell you. Like it's it's not easy. You know what I mean? I just think there should be an organization like, you know, transnational. Uh, you know, in Integrated Thoughts Incorporated or Titty or something like that. You know, like, <laughs> you know. And if 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 there's a thought out here whose behavior is so reckless and egregious that you know this organization could step in and be like, listen, okay, you 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 fucking up. You being too much of a hoe right now. We need to we need to take you <laughs> we need to take you off the street. No drugs and dingling for like 90 days or something. But it, it wouldn't just do that. It wouldn't just be like, you know, uh, a, a dam, like blocking these hoes from hoish behavior. It could, it could, you could be a card carrying member. Okay, okay. So, so what about we heads? Like, should I have an organization to grab? Why not? This is what democracy is all about. Like, it's you about smoke too much weed. You're not yeah. paying your bills right now. We need, yeah. You know, by force, that's not the democratic. <laughs> No, it it wouldn't be by force. It would be there would be benefits to becoming a member of the organization. There would be educational benefits. There would be you know maybe they'd vaccinate you or something like that against uh you know like super gonorrhea or something like that. Or, you know there would be uh you know like it'd be like you know if if you're if you're a union carpenter right you right. can't just walk up off the street and become a union carpenter. You have to have certain skill set. But right union union carpentry is uh really like. It's, really, it's, on, it's like it's really on some mob shit, you know. Yeah, they, of course, they, it's all mob shit. They hey, took hey. they took carpentry out of uh, schools, so now you know kids used to have a viable you know resource to like getting a job right out of high school. You know now you got a whole generation of people like starving 
and they go. This is the danger of democracy itself: is that when you do get things organized, there are certain benefits, you know what I mean, and there are also certain dangers in which, you know, I mean, the 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 industry itself can be strangled. You know, this this this. I'm I'm trying to become a union carpenter right now myself. It is very very difficult. I've been doing residential construction for uh, since July, right? And you're a white kid. I'm a white kid, yeah. Well, apparently, if if you're uh, if you're uh, a minority, they can put you in a class, and like within six months, you can get in the union. That's only for people of color, minorities. Uh, you know, uh, you're Jewish. I, I know, right? Well, you know that that's 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 a little that particular motif is a little funky. I've I've claimed to be Jewish online in you know, in threads about racism and privilege and stuff. And they're like, you're not even really Jewish. Jewish was an African thing. And only black people are Jewish by ethnicity. And ain't none of them blah, blah, blah. Jewish. You know what I'm African Jews. You know what I'm talking about? Like, ain't none of them are Jewish. I, well, you know, that's, they would disagree with you. You know, they disagreed with me. from yeah. Jerusalem. It's, it's, in the Middle yeah. East. It's, Africa and Middle East are separate regions. What look? There's only there's only like two ethnicities, Donnie. Okay, is or three ethnicities. I don't even know. This is this is this don't is. Don't start is, with that hotep bullshit. Okay. I'm saying, bro. I've been here. I've been I've been walking in a lot of hotep threads. Asian and motherfuckers. <laughs> uh, I really be wanting to tag you and Quinn and just be like, you see this? You see this fresh out of prison friggin' hotepery? Like, oh. can y'all can y'all say something about this? Cause I'm. I really have no I, I, no grand I've, ground to stand I've, uh, on. I've detached myself because it's getting utterly ridiculous. I think I think the end for me was uh, Quentin's sister when she went in on you about Yakub. Oh my God! And then I oh, that up, was such a good day. And I was like, uh that's like the flat Earth thing. I think the end for me was like when my when my cousin argued me. On flat earth. About, about flat earth, and I was like, "I'm, I, I can't do it no more." <laughs> you, <laughs> you tapped out. You tapped out. Of, you just, you just going to become Thanos because there's no, there's, like, you can't reason with some people. You, you can't, and there's some lessons you gotta let life teach. You know what I'm saying? Just like with the hoes, like that's a life's gonna teach them, and if life don't teach them, then it's gonna, it's gonna eat them alive. That's 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 the sad. That's there the, are casualties in life, sad. and you have to allow those casualties. Life makes casualties out of people. You know, you can become a casualty of life and still be living and walk around this motherfucker, and that's just it. You're a casualty of life. Like, uh, I hope I like, hope, I hope you don't hear this, or maybe I do hope you hear this. Uh, you know, Paris P. Uh, kind of tall, dreads, light skinned cat. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a casualty of life. Like he just let life beat his ass, and now he's just walking around, just existing. I seen him. Yeah, I seen him. It was like a, it was like some kind of Mardi Gras blood moon shit. And I remember friggin' was out on First Street. It was all this huge crowd of people, and I remember looking in his eyes, and it was like he was not. His dead. eyes are dead. He's a cat. His eyes are dead. He's yeah. a zombie, living dead, walking the earth. It was spooky. It was real spooky. There's a lot of people like that, you know. So stop saving these hoes. Let them be casualties. Handle your business. And that's just it. It's just ugly. Life, that's the reality of life. This shit is ugly. And people think it's nice and pretty. 
full of rainbows and uh you know trans transgender wishes true true love and shit huh like freaking magic carpet rides with a ladder no shit, shit is grimy and you go out there life will punch you in the face repeatedly <laughs> or in the nuts it'll go below the belt sometimes it'll, you know it'll stab you in the back and twist the blade yep and carve out your and, liver <laughs> and it'll take the blade out and you find out the blade had uh you know freaking the clap on it <laughs> You're like, how the fuck did you get the clap on that blade? What the fuck? <laughs> you really thought this through, didn't you? Exactly. You've been planning this out for a while. You're sprinkling, sprinkling clap on. <laughs> sprinkling clap on the blade. Sprinkle some clap on it. <laughs> get out of here. Okay, okay, okay. We gotta do this again. I gotta go. All right, all right, player. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm gonna have to listen to this again. It's yeah. Good, good first. I'm, a, I'm gonna post <laughs> good, it. Good. All right. You should be able to post it too. All right, I, I, I'm gonna try. I think I, I don't, I don't think I said anything too egregious. You know what I mean? We should be all right with this. This one. is a good start. This is on. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. look forward to... <laughs> to to many more casts, casts of the pod. All right, my brother. Yeah. All right.